0: what's up michigan beer show we got a full podcast coming at you right now with steven martin he's a tenor he's an opera singer enjoy the show this is the michigan beer show hello everyone and welcome to the michigan beer show we are live at what i'm now calling the bar we're in clarkston michigan uh, at my little homestead here with Stephen J. Martin Tenor Extraordinaire and one of my best buddies in the whole world, nah. Steve. Thanks for joining the show, man. It's good to be here, man. Hey, it's put that mic up, really nice and close to you. That's nice. Excellent. Good. We you want your nice resonant voice to uh, to to just sound luscious. Yeah, yeah, that's me. that is That's how I describe you most of the time. Good. All right, man. So so let's catch everybody up here. Um, you and I. We're in school together for many years. Yes, sir. Did many performances together. And uh, most people don't actually know what an opera singer does or how all that works. So let, let's go all the way back uh, to, to the reason why we're drinking this beer. We're drinking a Rochester Red from we Rochester are. Mills, a.k.a from your neck of my hometown we call that the (laughs) mills. we do yeah let's break it down what what got you into music in the first place
1: so I grew up um I think my first exposure to music was from my parents and my grandparents my dad was the choir director at the church I grew up in my grandma was the pianist and organist so I learned piano from her and then started singing in the choir with my dad but I um, never had any voice lessons to speak of, which is kind of abnormal. And I grew up playing football. So,
0: yeah, and for people, we're, we're on Instagram Instagram live right now. and for for people that can't really tell, you're a large man, not like so grotesquely, <laughs> but just proportionally. Thanks. You're 6'2", about 250, 260. That sounds about right, yeah.
1: yeah. 6'3", but you know, yeah. on and a good day, I'm 6'3". You
0: almost went and played college ball. Is that accurate?
1: I did, yeah. So I was getting recruited to play football, and I still needed to pick a major. Didn't really feel like majoring in piano, though. that probably would have been a better choice because I was better at it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try singing. Never had a voice lesson in my life. But I uh, learned a few pieces and uh, went and auditioned. So and that who, was pretty scary.
0: So, so just sort of out of the passion of doing it, I mean, like you had the opportunity to do what most people dream of doing, which is play high-level college athletics. <laughs> was it just like that was just something that you
1: felt you, you just had to do? Play football to or sing? Music, yeah. Well... I was pretty torn. I had a lot of conversations with my dad about it. It was it was really tough because every place I went, they were interested in me for football and they were interested in me for singing, and uh, they all said I could have had to, I had to pick one. So, which is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just wouldn't have enough time to do both. And um, when I thought about it, football would have been really nice short term, but the chances of getting into the NFL are pretty slim. Um, when I auditioned, people were very positive about my auditions, and it made it seem like I had more of a um, chance at a long-term goal with singing. So I went at the best school that I auditioned for, which was Michigan State, and uh, got to study with Rick Fracker. And three months later, I was doing a leading role uh, in an Italian opera, which I had never studied or learned Italian before, so that was pretty scary. But, um, yeah, I guess the rest is history, so... It was. It was good. It was the right choice.
0: So explain that because I think your your uh, baptism into into Italian opera would be very similar to to anyone else who had almost no background otherwise in foreign language and foreign language music. Explain that that sensation and maybe did you not know enough to to not be scared
1: or? <laughs> yeah, I think I was. I I, I didn't know enough. I probably should have been a lot more scared. Yeah, um, they they kind of threw me in. They trusted me. They took a chance on me, which was really great. It was Johnny Skeeky, Puccini opera, which you were in as well. Uh, we uh, we were both in that together. But I um, yeah, I, I worked really hard, and my teacher kept me very safe. And it was a one act opera, so it was really good timing to put a young voice in a position to kind of prove themselves cheers but um yeah it worked out really really well i i had to work my butt off to kind of get into a place where everyone else had I had to catch up a little as a freshman but uh it worked out it was really good it was a good experience
0: so one thing i've always wondered i don't know if you've ever talked about this what was your an 18 year old steve's impression of an 18 year old brandon
1: Brandon. Okay, so Brandon was the cool guy. Uh, (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Brandon and Tony were the cool dudes. Uh, (laughs) And Tony wasn't even in the college music, and he was still like the cool dude in the college music. Well, Tony still
0: is kind of that wherever he goes. Really. That's true.
1: That's true. Um, Yeah. So I was very lucky that I became friends with Brandon very quickly. Luckily, we bonded over sports, probably more than music. Um, I'd say so. so. Yeah. 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 So that solidified our friendship very quickly. but no yeah you were you were you were the pretty chill cool dude. Yeah, it was it was good that we ended up fast friends.
0: Yeah, I mean it's always nice especially in a program like that. And I think people don't necessarily understand how intense a music program especially is. Oh. And I mean for for those who did some college or you know did a full bachelor's, you know, um, master's degree whatever. They talk about credit hours. And so normally for, let's say yeah. you, you did just a general business degree, mm-hmm. you're taking 12 to 16 credit hours a semester, which is normally translating to three to five classes. Right. We, as music students, would take 16 credit hours, which was seven classes mm-hmm. plus rehearsals in the time in between classes right. and all kinds of stuff. So just to, to be able to have... Sort of a crew that you roll with, who has that shared experience, but also can talk about stuff other than music. It's a it's a pretty crucial escape.
1: Yeah, that was that was really important. Uh, we were pretty much busy twenty four seven. So any downtime we had, we really needed to support each other and be friends because it was just too ruthless otherwise. You know, um, yeah, it, it's it's a pretty and it didn't really ever lighten up. I thought it might after college, but it's still. Pretty killer as far as schedules are concerned. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's worthwhile, but, yeah, you need your friends pretty badly. Yeah,
0: so let's fast forward to now okay? because you've got a bunch of stuff coming up now. You've, you've I think, kind of gone through the gauntlet of fresh out of undergrad, fresh out of grad school, a little too young for mm-hmm. people to really want to take a chance on you just yet. And now you're entering that sweet spot where... You're a very appealing young artist. Can you explain sort of what that trajectory is in that weird part of your early career?
1: Yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, especially with my particular voice type, which it seems that it's a bit bigger um it means it takes there's a little bit more of a gestation period uh for a larger voice type which means there's a bit more of a gray area after grad school
0: so i think the the frame of reference most people have would be someone like Pavarotti, right sure or andrea bocelli yeah so sure. those are two names that people know where where do you sort of fall theoretically within that realm or can you explain those two and sort of how that maps to what you're going through
1: yeah well i mean it's tough i i, I really i kind of loathe to compare myself to Pavarotti, because he was probably one of the great tenors of all time. Um, but uh, his, even, even the repertoire he sang in his youth, uh, some of it is a little on the lighter end for me, which isn't good or bad. It's just um, the larger the voice, a little bit more time it takes to develop. So I've been developing longer while I watch some of my friends go off and have more instant success. So it requires a little bit more patience on my part. Um, So what I did is I did a master's degree at Michigan State. And then I did a master's degree in music theory. And then I started, and I'm now ABD for a doctorate at Michigan State, which gave me a little bit more time to develop. And uh, then I got into Santa Fe Opera uh, as an apprentice, which is a a pretty big opera company. Can I give this to you so I can take a drink of my opera?
0: Absolutely, yeah. We're going to get to that in a sec, everybody. Yeah. I promise it Cheers. is a beer show.
1: It is. Um, yeah, so I ended up at Santa Fe for two summers, and then um, uh, Sarasota Opera for a uh, full season. And then now I'm headed to Glimmerglass Opera for the summer. And then I'll be a resident artist at Minnesota Opera. Big announcement, because no one knows that yet. But I'm going to Minnesota Opera as a resident artist. Yay. So things are tracking really well. Um, I You know, I, I think... Luckily for me, my voice type is one that can sing some leading tenor roles, and uh, that's very exciting. So I need to make sure I can do that and uh, kind of produce. But uh, yeah, things are tracking really well, and people are getting interested.
0: So just one final sort of question about opera, just to contextualize it for people. Sure. You, so I work in IT. I mm-hmm. will probably be a fully-fledged, <clears throat> some sort of professional. I, I probably already do qualify as that. How long does it take
1: for you to become a fully fledged version of your professional self? Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess technically speaking, I'm a professional now because I'm getting hired to sing and I'm getting paid to sing. Um, The goal is to end up singing and being hired as a principal artist leading tenor. And hopefully that will be in the next couple of years. It's kind of looking like it'll be that way. so. for most people, the track is grad school, young artist, resident artist, possibly do a FEST contract in Europe, or start doing small or leading tenor roles and or leading singer roles in smaller opera companies in the U.S. So, I think we're kind of bridging that gap from young artist to a principal artist right now, which is very exciting.
0: <clears throat> What's well, very exciting? We're very proud of you, and you oh, worked super thanks. hard to get here. So. Um, I guess with that in mind, why don't we uh, reach in the Wayback Machine and actually talk a little bit about your hometown of Rochester and what we're drinking tonight.
1: Yeah, so we, um, I grew up in Rochester, Michigan, just north of Detroit. And uh, Rochester Mills is a brewery, uh, just probably a five-minute walk from my home in downtown Rochester. So we're drinking the Rochester Red right now. Which is a pretty fantastic ale, and it's maltier than I remember it. I actually really, really like it. I haven't had it for a couple of years right now. And, I, w- uh, I
0: will tell you this, Steve-O. This, w- this was one of my first Michigan beers I ever fell in love
1: with. Really? Yeah. So I this was, not know that.
0: This was way back in sort of the OG <laughs> beer show days. I'm trying to figure out a good place for this for this camera.
1: Yeah, I can get closer to you. Here we no, go. No, it's
0: all good. Um, but way back, and we're talking like, 2012 something like that um this was rochester mills did a tap takeover Mm -hmm. i believe of midtown beer company downtown detroit and this was one of the first beers that i really fell in love with and this is what put rochester mills on the map for me so it's really good definitely a throwback for me for sure yeah um yeah man it's it's a super it's a nice it's a multi-beer but um you know it's got a little bit of it's got a little bit of life to it you know it yeah. jumps off the palate a little bit for sure i mean it's not um, a, it's a stout for sure it's, no it's, 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 it's an nice. easy drinker
1: yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i know that their uh what milkshake stout is really popular too
0: yeah and it's got some nice it's got a nice um crisp hop finish on the back end
1: as well which yeah it really I like. does yeah it's good it's creamy and crisp it's good beer
0: it is man um so all right Real quick, we're going to end the uh, the Instagram lives. Thanks for everyone who uh, who tuned in, said hello. Uh, we're going to finish this episode. We'll get it up on uh, we'll get up on Facebook and everywhere else um, relatively shortly here in the next couple of days. So stay tuned. Thanks everybody for uh, for tuning in. to our Instagram live at um, Show. If you don't follow us already, if you're listening to the podcast, you should. Um, and we'll be right back with a further review and some more conversation. Uh, with Stephen J. Martin <laughs> <laughs> on Sounds the Beer cool. Show, cool. we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Michigan Beer Show. We're here with Stephen J. Martin. I don't know how you want to brand yourself, Steve. Steve's an old buddy <laughs> of mine, as we uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, um, and so uh, it's it's fun for me, and I think it's fun for everyone who kind of has friends from way back in the day who all of a sudden find themselves in the thick of being a quasi celebrity or, or working their way into something that could turn into that. And so you got to start thinking about how to, how to brand yourself, um, you know, how, how you want to present yourself to, to people who don't know you who are in the industry. Um, and I did, I don't think I didn't notice that on Instagram, you are Steven Martin Tenner. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, I am. I, uh, so I have a funny story about that. Uh, I sang the national anthem for a Tigers game Uh, This is probably two or maybe three years ago now. I was there. Yeah. I was drinking
0: beer in the suite that you let us come into. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So you may remember that um, they announced me as Steve Martin. So imagine now to sing the national anthem, Steve Martin. And for some reason. Everyone
0: asking where your banjo was? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So the crowd went crazy. The crowd really went crazy. And I was kind of surprised at how excited they were for the national anthem. And then I realized that it was because they said the name Steve Martin. And then my face popped up on the screen and it was not. The person they were expecting. And there was a very audible, ah, oh, <laughs> from 25,000 people who were there early enough to hear the national anthem. And that was the day that I realized I probably should be uh Stephen Martin from now on. So. Stephen
0: Martin's good. It's a strong, not that you're asking my opinion, but I think it's a strong opera Thank singer you. name. With a Ph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah it stands out that way. It's a little. I don't want to say pretentious, but it's a little more formal <laughs> with the pH. Uh-huh, yeah. It's uh, but that just is, right in fact, your, your legal name, yes? It is. All yeah, right. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So you're not changing anything. You're just mm-hmm. simply promoting your full legal name. So it's it's good. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we are drinking the Rochester Red from Rochester Mills. Mm. Um, you, being a native of, of Rochester and basically downtown Rochester, yeah. explain the evolution of the brewing scene there, when this brewery came to be, and sort of how that's affected... Um, the way things go in that town
1: yeah it's pretty impressive actually how much rochester has kind of been put on the map since i grew up there not that it ever ever was a bad place but uh, when i grew up it was just kind of normal rochester and then once i got into high school i think that's right around when the brewery popped up so mid 2000s i'm guessing sorry if that's wrong Um, but that was when they started to do their kind of festival of lights and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And, um, really, really great places all started popping up in downtown. And all of a sudden Rochester was like top 10 places to visit of downtowns in the country. And, uh, it's really, really cool to come back and visit because it's, it's pretty wonderful place now. Yeah. It's happy.
0: So it's an interesting point when all that started popping up, because I think as many of us sort of have our own childhood experiences, you, you sort of you mem- uh, immemorialize where you grow up sort of in the, in the context of when I was 10 years old maybe. Mm-hmm. right? And so when you're a teenager and this stuff all starts popping up and then you go back as an adult, does it feel a little bit foreign to you <laughs> or does it sort of just feel like this is how it always should have been?
1: Yeah, it does feel a little foreign. Like, luckily, there are a few places like La Puma's uh, where I can get a Coney dog, and the pharmacy is still on the corner where I used to get candy. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of stuff has changed. Um, you know, objectively, when I look at it, it all changed for the better, but it's definitely not the place that I grew up in anymore. Um, so it's kind of hard to reconcile. I have to accept it as kind of a new place that I visit now instead of my home, you know, that I knew from when I was 10 years old. But it's all for the good. So that's a nice thing. It hasn't gone downhill, that's for sure.
0: And and your parents still live down there. I mean, have, have they, are they fairly pleased with how things are going? Are there, is it a little too rowdy for them these days?
1: <laughs> yeah, they only live a couple blocks from downtown. Um, I think they still love it. Uh, it it's, it's pretty great. I think they're very happy to see all of the the new business and all the new interest in their city I think it, they're very proud of it so it's a good deal
0: yeah that's great well hey man um, I really appreciate you coming on the show mm-hmm. um, it's it's nice to to have a friend sort of help uh, help bring it back a little bit I hope people got a little bit of value and uh, scratched a, a curious itch about what it is that, that you're up to and, and yes. what that life is like. So, Thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's great to have you on the show. It's nice to finally have a beer with you after so many months and almost a year of not being able to do so. It's so true. It's, it's true of not even being in the same state. Exactly. So it's nice to be able to do that. You can follow Steve at uh, Stephen Martin Tenor on Instagram. Uh, I think it's pr- pretty much where you'd like to sound people these days. Sure,
1: that'd be great. I have a website of the same thing, StephenMartinTenner.com. That's
0: T-E-P-H-E-N.
1: Yep. Uh, you can find them there. And you can find us
0: all over the place at MI Beer Show pretty much almost everywhere. Um, and uh, we'll keep you in the loop on all the new things going on with the podcast. We're on Anchor doing all kinds of sort of one-off things, one, two-minute podcasts from whichever brewery or or thing we may be happening to do. Uh, We were on Instagram live just a little bit earlier. So just keep your eyes peeled for what we're up to. Thank you all for listening and, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends and uh, share with the beer lovers in your life. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Michigan Beer Show.